Welcome to Crump Insights, exploring timely life insurance and retirement planning topics for today's forward-thinking financial professionals. In this episode, Policy Evaluation Programs, Reasons for Offering Policy Reviews to Clients, we explore why periodic policy reviews can add significant value for producers and their clients. Joining us, Brandy Graver, CLU, Director, Advanced Sales, to discuss why a policy review can be so valuable. Hey, Brandy, thanks for joining us. You know, one of the things we all deal with in this industry is things change, right? Sometimes within a year or two, certainly within three, four or five years, and those goals change for clients and That's one of the things I'm always concerned about is the future when a spouse or a sibling or a relative looks at something we did in the past. And can you talk about that and how important it is to really maybe memorialize what you've done with the client when they purchase a life insurance policy? Sure. Like you said, change is constant and obviously the goals and the desires of a client at the time they initially purchase the policy can change dramatically over the course of their lifetime. So we all experience somewhat of the same life cycle in that, you know, during our 20s, our 30s and maybe even 40s, we complete our secondary education, we get married, we have a family, we buy a house and have a mortgage. And the needs that we have at at that stage in our life can completely change as we age. By the time we hit our 40s, 50s, 60s, hopefully you've paid off your educational expenses and you've paid off your mortgage and your children are now grown and, and out in the world on their own. So your goals and needs and financial needs have changed so that the protection you needed in those early years might not be as great as they are today as you've aged. So we need to look at our life insurance policies periodically. They're not a set it and forget it because like you mentioned, you know, life evolves and things change. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, one thing we've done is insert a letter into that packet that, you know, just states, hey, here's why we did this. Here was the intention, you know, kind of to, I guess, give a kind of a heads up to anybody who may look at that in the future and say, why in the world did they buy term insurance or, you know, those kind of things. And I think it does help uh, the client to know that, you know, they'll be able to explain that to one of their children or a relative in the future if their question comes up. The other thing, too, is as we know in the industry, products are always changing, innovating. There's there's different features. And again, that question comes up where, you know, you're looking at a policy review and, you know, three to five years from now and they say, well, why didn't we do this back then? And you kind of got to say, well, if didn't exist back then, right? Absolutely. You know, as you mentioned, there are many types of life insurance policies designed to meet anyone's range of goals or objectives. So, you know, there's term, there's whole life, there's universal life, variable universal life, index your life. I mean, every one of those can certainly meet the goals of a specific client. And to address your question about, you know, why did you buy term? Well, going back to your your life cycle, you know, when you're in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, you might not have the income that is able to pay for a more expensive permanent product like the universal life and whole life. So term fits the bill in that it it covers the time frame that you're looking for and it's cheap and it's oftentimes easy to underwrite and, and acquire. So definitely you, you want to be looking in the future, does that product still meet my needs and goals? 
And the other point that you mentioned is products are evolving and changing over time, not to really date myself. But, you know, when I first entered the life insurance industry in, in 1999, guaranteed universal life contracts were somewhat new. So if a client at that time wanted to get a guaranteed death benefit, they had to purchase a whole life contract that not only gave them a guaranteed death benefit, but it also provided a guaranteed premium and cash value at a substantial cost. So as time moved on and and those guaranteed universal life contracts progressed, it gave the client that guaranteed death benefit they were looking for, but it took away some of the other things they didn't need, like that guaranteed cash value, and it substantially lowered the cost. So that's one thing to take a look at going forward, just making sure that the product choice is appropriate for their current goals and desires. Another new thing that's on the marketplace right now are are hybrid long-term care contracts. Certainly, there's a legitimate need for clients who still need a standalone life insurance policy and a standalone long-term care policy. But those clients that are kind of on the bubble that want the protection but maybe just don't have the income to be able to pay or afford for each standalone policies, there's an emergence of life products that add a long-term care rider to them. So the client can have the best of both worlds in that, you know, if they live healthy for the rest of their life, the death benefit stays intact and is paid out to their family when they pass. But if for some reason they encounter a medical situation where they need to have long-term care going forward to the end of their life, they can tap into the resources of that contract to be able to provide for those. It's just at the end of the day, the death benefit going to the heirs will be lesser just simply because they tapped into the resources to to cover their long-term care expenses. So definitely making sure that the product choice is current to what the client's goals and needs is definitely something we should be looking at on an annual or periodic basis. Yeah, that's a great point. Those are great solutions, by the way. And while we're talking about that, too, you know, I remember not to date myself, but, you know, even going back 15 years to uh, Index Universal Life that was illustrated at, <laughs> dare I say, 7%, you know, and and nobody knew back then that 7% would not be attainable in the future. And, uh, you know, those those policies are not performing as they were illustrated. And that's another thing to point out to people is, you know, you can't predict the future, right? Absolutely. You can't predict the future. And like you said, some of those older policies were designed and sold based on interest rates and expense assumptions that no longer hold true. And unfortunately, that is putting some of those policies in danger of lapsing, which would ultimately fail to meet their goals in the future. So making sure that, you know, you have a policy that's sound and is performing well is definitely a good reason to to do a policy review. Yeah. You know, we've all got those horror stories of beneficiary designations, right? Um, You know, you're in an estate planning case and you see the will from 1991 with an ex-spouse as the beneficiary and maybe people who have died as beneficiaries. And I mean, we just cannot stress enough, not only to the consumers out there that may hear this, but to the uh, financial advisors, the life insurance producers across the country, how important this piece is to really pay attention to these beneficiaries. The beneficiary designation that was given when you took out the policy years ago, in many cases, doesn't fit the client's current goals and objectives. You you hit the nail on the head with the divorce. I mean, there's so many things and so many documents to review when you're going through a divorce that the life policies often gets overlooked. And it's sad that, you know, a lot of times it's not addressed until that person passes and the benefit is paid to the wrong person. So we certainly want to make sure that clients are reviewing those situations 
um, to make sure the beneficiaries are correct. Whether you've like divorced and remarried or you have a blended family with different children, you just want to make sure that you're addressing those needs of your client. The flip side of that, which is a little bit more complex, is that, you know, Clients own a variety of assets. They range from bank accounts to trust, dependent upon the circumstance. But there's a great deal of variation in the treatment of those assets at death. So it's definitely another reason to, to look at the beneficiary designations, just to make sure that we're not putting the client in a predicament when they're trying to settle their estate, as well as trying to make sure that they're getting that death benefit to their heirs in a timely manner. And uh, life settlements, I want you to talk about this because this is an area I'm not familiar with and want to be very transparent about that. What's happening in the life settlement space? Because we went through that period a few years ago where I do recall uh, these were not cast in a good light. What's the latest here with life settlements? Yeah, I would agree. Years ago, they probably weren't the most favorable thing to do. However, in today's world, you know, a life settlement is a regulated insurance transaction and is a policy owner right. So what that is, is it's a sale of an existing life insurance policy, presumably that's no longer needed or wanted. And you're selling that to a licensed institutional buyer for an amount greater than the cash surrender value but less than the death benefit. And it's a good way for policy owners to make the most out of the policy that's no longer needed. So if they decide they want to surrender that contract, they may actually receive more cash from a settlement than they would be getting just from a a straight up surrender of the contract. So at Crump here, we do have a resource that can help clients look at that so that they're looking at the entire picture. I mean, we're not trying to to tell people to sell their policies that don't need to, but definitely we don't want to leave that option off the table if it's truly an option that would benefit them. Okay, that's good to hear. Now, I know Crump has the policy evaluation program, and I appreciate this because I'll be honest, this is not something that a lot of us, uh, the financial advisors and the life insurance uh, producers out there really get excited about. <laughs> right? And, you know, it's it's like you got to open the hood and roll up your sleeves and, you know, grind it out. And it's not something clients look forward to. But, you know, this uh, process that Crump has created makes it so much easier. Would you share that with us? Sure, sure. And I agree. This is definitely a roll up your sleeves and, and dive right in type of a process. But it's it definitely important to review policies on a periodic basis to, to do a couple of things. Like we mentioned throughout this, this conversation that, you know, you want to make sure that the, the policy is appropriate, that we're meeting the client's goals. And that's certainly something in the industry that we've seen recently that a number of state and federal regulations have brought that increased focus on making sure that the products meet what the client's needs. In other words, best interest. I'm sure everybody's heard that term. So what the the Crump Policy Evaluation Program, or PEP as we affectionately call it here, is a tool to help agents review their policies. The goal would be to educate the clients on the policies that they have, because we've often found that clients, you know, purchase the policy and kind of just said, okay, agent, you know, we'll buy this just to get you off our backs. And then they, they move forward and don't really know what they purchased. We also try to illustrate how those policies are, are performing in today's market, making sure that, you know, the assumptions that were made at the time the policy was taken out are still performing in tune with the client's needs. And if necessary, we'll offer alternative solutions if appropriate. So we'll go in after a client obtains an enforced illustration, we'll go in and try to see, does that current policy meet the objectives of the client? Sometimes we find out that the client's paying a certain annual premium, but that premium 
they might be able to get a greater death benefit. Or conversely, we might be able to find that with the same death benefit, we find a lower premium. But we're trying to strike that balance and find out what exactly does the client need at this point in time to make sure that that policy is performing as expected. And, you know, the outcome is pretty simple. We find cases where the policy is in check and it's doing exactly as it was intended to do from day one. Other times we find that policy could be in danger of lapsing based off of the assumptions that were made from day one. But maybe we say we can throw a little bit more premium to it. Maybe we can reduce the face amount, but we can salvage that existing policy. And lastly, there's a possibility that that policy no longer meets the client's needs and we need to do a major renovation or replacement. And that replacement process could entail, like we just previously mentioned, you know, maybe we do a life settlement, cash out and take that lump sum and we buy something new. Or maybe we just take the existing contract and exchange it for a newer contract that meets their current wishes and desires. But our program is here. You know, everyone within our sales department can assist with that. It's an all hands on deck and we can certainly help educate everybody. And the nice thing about our program is we have various marketing materials as well as a a presentation output that you can share with the client to show them what their current policy looks like and what the alternatives going forward could look like as well. Yeah, this is a great uh, opportunity, not only for the clients we work with currently, but I like to use this with the referral partners, you know, the attorneys, the CPAs out there or other financial advisors who may not uh, be licensed to sell insurance. This is a great opportunity to reach out to them and say, hey, you know, just keep your eyes and ears open. Um, Ask your clients, have they had a life insurance review in the past two or three years? And you know, as well as I do, the answer to that will typically be no, they haven't. And it opens that opportunity to not only build the relationship with another financial advisor or professional, but certainly to help these clients, right? I agree 100%. I mean, you should be looking at your current book of business, This is also a great opportunity to look at clients that you've been trying to win over over the years. It might be a great segue to look at their life insurance where their agent has gone missing in action over the years. And like you're mentioning, this is a great referral relationship for the attorneys and CPAs that you have because oftentimes they're focused on different things and they're not necessarily paying attention to the life policy, but it's something they should be looking at. And it's a great resource for them to have to be able to partner with somebody who's versed in life insurance that could help their clients. And it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah, there, no question there. And I'll never forget a few years ago, I had an attorney reach out to me and, you know, he said, hey, I, I think something's going on here. Could you take a look at this? And the scenario was a gentleman in his 60s had, I think, eight or nine term insurance policies that had been purchased over the years and and some whole life and just this whole gobbledygook of insurance and the attorneys, you know, the, the premiums were insane. And the, the, the attorney reaches out and says, is there a better way to, you know, package this? And, and I said, well, Hey, first of all, thanks for reaching out and keeping, you know, a heads up for this. And the answer is yes. And we were able to save this client, you know, tens of thousands of dollars every year and, and redo this insurance package. And there are a lot of those types of cases out there, aren't there? Absolutely. And there's all kinds of stuff going on out there. Like you said, somebody could have just layered and layered and layered coverage over the years and not realizing how much they're losing every year by paying all those premiums when you could consolidate and and get into one, maybe two policies that get everything you need dependent upon the circumstances situation. So definitely it's it's a good opportunity for everyone involved, you know, to get the clients back on track to meeting their goals. And the 
last but certainly not least thing here, the most important thing is if you are listening to this as an insurance producer or a financial advisor and you're like, yeah, I'm a little worried about doing this because you know this isn't my expertise. Uh, as I always say, you've got everybody at Crump to fall back on, right? It's a phone call away where I know I'm picking up the phone or sending a quick email and saying, hey, um, can you take a look at this? Can you give me a second set of eyes? And, you know, is this actually the way this should be? And it's so great to have those resources to fall back on. It's like I mentioned before, it's an all hands on deck at Crump. Whether you look at our sales department with assisting with the alternatives and new products going forward, or whether you're looking at our underwriting team, I mean, we certainly have a team that can help with your client's health impairments. You know, we'll make sure we're getting the best offer and the best option for them. So definitely everybody within the Crump organization can help out with this. And we all know how to interconnect and work with the other teams if we need to get additional help on a particular sale. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, couple of years here, I know, particularly in advanced sales where, you know, my perspective, COVID did slow things down a little bit. There's no question about that. But um, you also look at, uh, you know, some tax changes that could be on the horizon. And we enter an environment here that certainly could be more friendly to life insurance and uh, more planning. And, you know, I think we're going to be kind of busy here in the next couple of years, don't you? I agree. I agree. Now's the time to, to purchase life insurance if you have it. And if you do have policies in force, it's definitely a good time to take a look at them. There's there's definitely changes coming within the next couple of months. We'll probably start to see some of the initial changes from the current things that have been passed by, by Congress. So definitely it's an exciting time to make sure you, you have life insurance as part of your portfolio. Well, Brandy, great insight. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Crump Life Insurance Services, a leading third-party distributor and service provider of insurance and retirement products, is part of Truist Insurance Holdings Incorporated, the seventh largest insurance broker in the world. Crump supports the distribution of life insurance, annuities, long-term care, linked benefits, disability, and health products with the industry's premier sales and back office support and technology services. Marketing under the following brands, Crump, Truest Life Insurance Services, Risk Rider, Telus, and Time. Source, Business Insurance Magazine, using 2019 brokerage revenue generated, 2020 issue. For financial professional use only, not intended for use in solicitation of sales to the public. Not intended to recommend the use of any product or strategy for any particular client or class of clients. For use with non-registered products only, Crump operates under the license of Crump Life Insurance Services Incorporated, Arkansas license number 100103477. Products and programs offered through Crump are not approved for use in all states. Copyright 2021, Crump Life Insurance Services Incorporated.